Hi, I'm St. Cloud Mayor Dave Kleiss. Welcome to the 2020 State of the City. This is my 15th opportunity to deliver a State of the City where St. Cloud has been, where we're at, and, and where we're moving forward. 15 years ago, I began uh, the first State of the City. In fact, I think one of the first uh, in our city's history. Uh, this, of course, is also one of the first in our city's history, uh, the first virtual State of the City. As you can see behind me, uh, there are a lot of faces. Um, it's important uh, to not only that we are, have our community here, that's one of the challenges during, uh, during what we're going through with the coronavirus and COVID-19. Uh, there are a lot of challenges and everyone is challenged. Uh, I wanted to be able to deliver uh, the state of the city as we are today and where we've been in the last year and some of the, some of the expectations moving forward, but I wanted to do it with the community uh, in front of me and behind me. And so this is that opportunity to deliver to you the 15th annual State of the City. The State of the City has always been in partnership uh, with the St. Cloud Area Chamber of Commerce and the Rotary. That partnership and that tradition began for the very first one I did 15 years ago. Uh, it was something, it is a partnership with two entities that have been tremendous assets through our community. The St. Cloud Area Chamber of Commerce is a five-star chamber. It, is a, it has been around for over 150 years, uh, leading the business activity in our community. Teresa Bonin, uh, the president of the Chamber of Commerce, uh, appreciate all of the work. Uh, you're, you're represented here in the crowd, uh, your face is, and I know you're listening. The St. Cloud Area Rotary, another organization, an entity that has been just amazing in our community. What the St. Cloud Area Rotary has done, their generosity. These are leaders in our community that are leading in so many different ways, yet they find their time and their treasure and they put it in and back into the community. Andy Auger, who is, the, who is the president of the Rotary, is also, your face is here in the crowd, and I appreciate all of the, what the Rotary has done. From the renovations at Lake George, $1.6 million of, of, of Rotary dollars and community dollars that went into the renovation of Lake George. Of course, then you create it Summertime by George. Uh, it breaks my heart that we won't be celebrating Summertime by George this year, but next year will be the 10th anniversary and we'll be back uh, together celebrating all of the accomplishments. And that is one of the things that I have looked forward to the most is Summertime by George every Wednesday. I understand these are tough times and understand the ha aspect of postponing it to next year. But the, the Rotary has done so many other things. The Cop House, uh, Pathways for Youth, uh, the Mississippi, along with the Mississippi River, the Mississippi Walkway. Uh, they have been so generous in our community, so I appreciate greatly uh, the partnership of the state of the city, but also the partnership throughout our community and all the things we ha you have done. Over the last 15 years, we have had a lot of initiatives. I've used this opportunity for the state of the city to launch a number of those initiatives that we've had uh, over those 15 years. A lot of the initiatives, these are initiatives that are coming from you, the community. These are things that we have been able to accomplish together as a community uh, in those initiatives from Lake George renovation to the Aquatic Center to the neighborhood best practices to the, the River's Edge expansion to the Regional Human Rights Office, the skate park, uh, regional economic 
development, all of the things that we have each year. I've had this opportunity to also launch a number of other initiatives. And you know, as with all initiatives, uh, sometimes uh, they, they, have a, they have a beginning. That beginning is primarily through the community through the input that I hear from folks, we have an opportunity to take this time uh, to launch those initiatives and we've been successful uh, throughout the years in, in a number of these initiatives as we've gone forward in the last 15 years. I always start the state of the city with our financial stability, our financial situation. One of the most important aspects as mayor and one of the most important things a city does uh, is a budget. It is a responsibility that I have and I, I'm, every year I present a budget to the city and to the city council in August. It demonstrates where our priorities are and it's also important as we look at the budget, the spending, uh, the spending that we do, first of all, the dollars that we spend are your dollars. This isn't my money, this is your money and all of the folks as we put together the budget understand that. We have to be good stewards of your dollars. We have to be good stewards and put dollars into the priorities, the, your priorities. Uh, and that is something we have been able to do over the last 15 years. In fact, if you look at from a budgetary aspect, we focus on things that are important, core services. These are core services, public safety and infrastructure. Uh, we're very fiscally responsible with your dollars and we need to be. Uh, but just to give you a demonstration, in 2008, if you go back to 2008, and I, I referenced 2008 a lot because 2008, if you recall, was the Great Recession in the United States, and it, clearly we felt it here um, in St. Cloud, in Minnesota, and in our country. Uh, in 2008, if you go back to what the budget was, uh, was our general fund budget, which is our property tax supported budget, at that time was about $79 million. 79 million, that's the general fund budget. If you look at all the spending, we're around 120 million. But in the general fund property tax supported budget, it was about 79 million. The 2020 budget that we started this year with before COVID-19 uh, was $78 million. We've actually spent in real dollars, not adjusted for inflation, a million less than we did 12 years ago. That's being fiscally responsible. But what we also, it's not just the aspect of spending less, it's also doing more. Our population during that period of time has grown significantly. The demands on services have grown significantly. We've done it in a lot different ways um, to enable to get more bang for the buck. And that million dollar savings over that period of time is by focusing on the things that are important to a community. Our tax rate we've kept flat, even during the recession, we've kept that flat for, for all of that last 15 years because we understand people are, People have a, their own de, uh, finances to deal with in their home, in their business, in their, in their neighborhood. Uh, to add to that burden is a, is, would be a challenge that we did not want to pass on. So we've kept that flat over that period of time. And then our bond rating. Our bond rating is like your credit rating. Uh, your credit rating, um, the city of St. Cloud actually have the second highest bond rating you can get, a double A plus. And we've actually seen that increase twice over the last 15 years, including uh, during the Great Recession. Uh, we have a bond rating uh, similar to what you would have, as I said, with a credit rating. So if the highest credit rating you can get is about 850, uh, we're in that, uh, we're close to that 850 uh, with our bond rating. So we've been able to have the bond rating go up, the tax rate be flat, and our spending actually down over the last 15 years. A local emergency was declared. Um, in fact, it was about two months ago. Uh, two months ago, obviously, uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 
Um, two months ago tomorrow, the governor declared a, an emergency at, at the state level. Uh, the president declared an emergency at the national level, and we declared that uh, emergency here at the city level as we fight the coronavirus or COVID-19. Uh, that was a day two months ago, and if, if you, and there's not anyone on this planet that hasn't experienced the challenges that we have with COVID-19 or the coronavirus. This has been a challenging time for everyone. Uh, the health aspect of it, the economic aspect of it. Uh, as somebody uh, who talks uh, in the last two months to people, a number of people, uh, more so I think than in the, in the last several years, people have reached out on what they're feeling and what they're, how they're being impacted as we go through this. This is a tough financial time. And it's a tough financial time for the city also when you look at uh, the aspect, we control the spending, um, the revenue challenge has been there. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that in, in a little bit, but the aspect of what we did immediately two months ago is something we also did 12 years ago, when in 2008, we were looking at a recession. At that time, it wasn't known that we were in recession already, but in 2008, early, around March, around the same time two months ago that um, uh, COVID-19 uh, and, the, and the emergency were declared at the state, federal, and, and local level, we made a decision right away, and that is to freeze spending, uh, major spending, and to freeze hiring. Uh, we did that in 2008. In fact, it was the right decision early in that year because by the end of 2008, um, through a hiring freeze and through a major spending freeze, we were able to save a little over one million, a little closer to $1.4 million. And it was a good thing we did because at the end of the year, right around, right around December, uh, we were unallotted um, in the area of local government aid um, by the state of about $1.4 million. And this was in the last few days of the calendar year, which is also our fiscal year. Um, so fortunately, because of the actions we took early, we were able to help us through the next uh, budget year. Uh, we did the hiring freeze now too, just so you get an idea of both um, the economic impact and the hiring freeze. Two months ago, I instituted a hiring freeze. We are already down in employees, in part-time employees for the city, we are down 197, 197 in that two-month period. In full-time employees, we are down 23 employees during that two-month period. Uh, this is a challenging aspect for everyone. Uh, by doing the freeze, we're down now as far as where we are with employees, but we're also down in that aspect of spending uh, without having an effect, a direct effect on layoffs. Um, layoffs, everything is on the table, but layoffs actually for government is a little different than a lot of times in the private sector because we still pay 50% of that cost. Um, so what we do, we do by doing a hiring freeze, and we actually, when we reduce staffing by attrition, we save a significant amount of dollars. But that's just by the, by the end of this month, we'll be down 23 full-time, 197 part-time by the end of this month. Federal funding, we're fortunate um, that we have, uh, you know, some federal fundings that have come in. Uh, there is in, in some areas, and particularly one of the areas in, in, is in CDBG, Community Development Block Grants. And this is something, in fact, last night, uh, the city council who are here, um, represented anyway here uh, in the front, uh, the city council uh, discussed the second phase of our CDBG funding. Uh, and that was last night, dollars that were, there were from the federal government 
to help our most vulnerable folks in our population. In particularly, when you have a shelter in, uh, at home uh, order, um, folks that are experiencing homelessness have no home to shelter in. A lot of those dollars went to help with those experiencing homelessness. A lot of those dollars went to a food shelf. They went to places like Anna Marie's. Uh, they went to those providers, those individuals on a regular basis beyond just COVID-19 that are working with, with folks, in particular our most vulnerable folks. Uh, fortunately, those dollars came to the city and the council uh, di distributed those um, both a month ago and again with the discussion last night that will be on the agenda on the agenda, excuse me, uh, coming up next week. We did receive some dollars for our airport. Um, there were airports around, obviously, air travel, and that has changed uh, drastically. Uh, and there's a, a little over a million dollars for our, our airport, our regional airport, which is also a help. Uh, but there's a significant gap that we're still hoping to partner with, and that is partnering with our federal folks, um, with the, the federal dollars in at the state, at, excuse me, at the state and federal level. One of the challenges we, we have during all of the economic challenges that the city has, we know that businesses have this challenge. We know that families have this challenges. The cities have those challenges also. In fact, in revenue alone, right now in the, that we project in, the, in just the two months uh, since the emergency was declared, in the last two months, we're projecting a $10 million shortfall a $10 million shortfall in revenue. We can control the spending piece, but the revenue piece is challenging. If you look at where those revenues come from, sales tax, a half cent sales tax that we have locally, food and beverage tax with restaurants and bars not being able to, to be open fully, uh, hotel motel tax, that tax has, has been reduced significantly. Our Rivers Edge Convention Center, our municipal athletic complex, those are, are entities that operate by user fees. They're not property tax supported. And so when those fees are not there, it's challenging uh, in both of those situations. They're closed, they're shuttered because of the COVID-19. Uh, and so those revenues are down. Water usage, even in our, our, our water system with not having uh, restaurants in operation, not having a lot of businesses in operation, the actual water usage is actually down. So those are challenges for the city. That's on the revenue side. On, on the aspect of spending, we're, we're doing everything we can uh, on that piece of it, but the revenue side is a challenging. So we're looking to our partners at the federal level, been in lots of conversations with Congressman Ember, uh, Senators Klobuchar, Senator Smith, uh, with um, our, our state partners with, uh, with Governor Walls, our representatives locally, Representative uh, Wogamont, Representative Tice, and Senator Relf. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations almost on a uh, every other day basis on what needs that we have. I, I express often to, to them, all of them, that the needs of the community and express what I'm hearing in the community every single day and the challenges that people have, the challenges that businesses have, uh, the challenges that individuals have, with workers have, which a lot of folks are, are really uh, having a, struggles with this. And so our federal folks, our partners, our state folks, we're in constant communication with. So we're hopeful as we move forward um, through the coronavirus and the pandemic. Our community is resilient. Um, you know, this is something uh, in, in, in all times. You know, this is, a, this is a tough time. We know it's a tough time, and the aspect of uh, we've been in tough times in the city's 164-year history. We've had many tough times. In 164 years, we've had uh, we've had civil war. We've had 
civil unrest. We've had two world wars, Korean War, Vietnam War, the Depression, a recession, the Spanish influenza, polio. We've had terrorist attack, attacks, bombings, and fires. But through it all, we have always come out stronger as a community, stronger as a state, stronger as a nation. These are challenging times too. As in the past with the tough times that we've had, we've been able to come together, and one of the wonderful aspects of our community is people work together. Our EOC, which is our Emergency Operations Center. Our Emergency Operations Center, our EOC, is something that we've had for, for a number of years. It's a collaboration coordinated effort between the city of St. Cloud and Stearns County. It also, through joint powers, is with other partners such as Sherburne and Benton County, with Centricare. But we actually, 12 years ago, for the first time, had a, an exercise. 12 years ago, when the avian flu um, was present, we came together and created a continuity of operations plan. A continuity of operations plan 12 years ago. A lot of that plan we're actually using today uh, has been modified over the years, and it has been modified significantly over the last two months. But it's something we work together with as a community. We all have our roles, and that's an important aspect. We have certain roles that we're all do together as we move forward, and the EOC is part of that. The economy, you know, this economy, um, you know, two months ago was really uh, going strong. Unemployment in our area was almost non-existent. It was low, uh, almost to the, the point of, of full employment. Um, if you just heard the news, just within the, the last few days, unemployment at the national level is, is just, just below 15%. It's hit this area tough. It's hit the country difficult, and the world for that matter. And I understand, as somebody who's been a small business owner for 29 years, I understand the challenge as a business that, that I own is, is, is closed as part of the, the executive orders. I know I talk to business owners every single day. I understand how they feel. It's a challenging aspect, but I talk to folks in, uh, in a lot of different places in this community, uh, and it's a challenge for everyone. But it is a resilient community, and I, I know uh, we'll come back economically better. As you, as you see, uh, week by week, uh, some of the aspects of the economy opening up, that's an important aspect. It's the aspect of health, which is our top priority, public health, but it's also an important aspect uh, for our economy that folks can put food on the table, that folks can work, uh, folks can, and, and a number of those things continue. And as we, as we continue to move forward, uh, we need to make sure we're doing things differently. We're doing things smarter, following the guidelines of the CDC and the Department of Health, especially as we start to open up. And it's so important that we do this not only for ourselves from the aspect of health, but probably more important than anything else is doing it for other folks. The folks that are on the, on the front line, our healthcare workers, the folks that, that you affect um, and that's an important aspect of following the guidelines. The guidelines are set out so that you help and protect others. And that's an important aspect of this. Partnerships, we have a tremendous amount of partnerships and that's the aspect of this community that is one of the parts of this community that I love is the fact that we work together. We're, we're, uh, we're a state, we have a number of, of um, first of all, heroes as I mentioned before, uh, our healthcare, our, our health workers, our, our, our first responders, 
uh, the folks in the food supply chain, whether they're truck drivers or grocery store clerks or stockers uh, on stocking the shelf, uh, for those folks in the daycare or teachers, uh, you know, so many people have stepped up and are doing tremendous things. These are our essential heroes, uh, especially the folks that are in the healthcare. I mean, the whole purpose of why we've gone through the efforts to, to help flatten the curve is to protect those folks uh, that are in our health, our health professionals, our doctors, our nurses, our EMTs, all of the folks that are on that front line. That's an important folks. There are countless stories of, of folks doing tremendous things. This is something I would, I would urge people, if I start going into a number of those, if you go to our, our local media has been great in this way. If you look on, on, the, on the website, uh, talking about those stories for the, for the Times or in the KNSI or WJON or, or Minnesota Public Radio, you see countless positive stories of people stepping up. Those heroes uh, that are out there uh, working on our behalf, putting themselves in harm's way on our behalf. This slide here represents, uh, and this is one of the aspects of, you know, if you look at this slide, there are a number of partners on this slide. If you read through that, I know for radio it's a little challenging, but there's a number of partners on here that on a regular basis step forward. There are groups and organization, organizations and service clubs um, throughout our community that not only step up in non-COVID-19 times, but they step up throughout our, from the history of our community. These are organizations, a lot of them now are shifting to what their focus is, shifting in a different way on ways they can, they can help our community. Uh, these are folks that put their time, their talent, their resources, their treasure. Um, you know, we're known as a state and we're known as a community for a lot of volunteers. Volunteerism is really high in our community. Um, you know, if you look at that, um, these are the folks that are volunteering them times. Most of the organizations that are listed here are people that have regular jobs, regular commitments to their, to their family, to their, their business, but they come together and give their dollars, their time and effort beyond for the community. It's a tremendous uh, group of folks and I, we are honored in our community to have so many folks working together. In fact, that recognition um, at, the, at the state level has actually taken us to the national, national, I should say, an international level. Um, five months ago, in fact, it was just five months ago uh, tomorrow, we were, we were competing. Uh, Ryan Daniel, who is the CEO of Metrobus, uh, and I were in Rome. Um, if you think back five, uh, five months ago, we were there. We were invited in an organization called LiveCom, which is an international competition of cities around the world. This has been going on since the 90s, and they, they look at best practices based on six different criteria in areas of a community as far as livability, empowerment, um, the, you know, a number, of, a number of categories of cities all over the world. This year, actually, I should say in December of last year, uh, we were invited. Uh, you're selected among cities all over the world uh, to submit a, a kind of a, a a document about what your city is doing. We've actually been in this competition before, uh, but this year, uh, much different. Uh, we were the only city uh, representing the United States um, at this competition in Rome. In the previous years, there have been cities not only that have participated from the United States, but have won Chicago, Honolulu, uh, Annapolis, um, a number of cities throughout the country that have won this. We, St. Cloud, Minnesota, was the only city that was represented in 
last in five months ago in December. Uh, and not only were we represented, uh, we competed among other cities. Um, and I, I'm happy to see if you, from, the, from the photo, uh, we were honored uh, to receive the whole city award. And that's in a city's population of actually above what our normal daytime, uh, what our normal, uh, I should say, actual census number population is. It was actually cities between 75,000 and 150,000. Um, so we competed with cities around the world in that category. We won that whole city award. We also, of the six categories, they only gave gold awards or first place uh, awards to only four of those categories. St. Cloud, Minnesota took home three of those awards. One for community participation and empowerment. One for arts, culture, and heritage management and one for enhancement of the landscape and public places. Things that we talk about and I've talked about in every one of these uh, uh, state of the cities over the years, this is what is a reflection of our community from an external source. We don't pay to go to this competition. Uh, there's no cost. Uh, we pay our own, actually Ryan and I did go to, to, uh, to Rome at that time and paid our own airfare, our own cost to be there, um, but no cost to enter it. And, and this is something, this is a reflection of our community our community as a whole. It's not necessarily the, the physical aspect, but it's the people in our community. Part of those people are your, your team, the team of folks that work on behalf of you, uh, folks that work with me in the city. These are, these are the folks that are, are doing the work um, for our community. Uh, these are folks that are, again, also award-winning. In fact, I, 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 I mentioned the team, if they were actual a, a team, um, you know, a sports team, uh, th this would be a group of folks that would probably, you know, win a Stanley Cup or uh, win a Heisman or a Golden Glove. Uh, in fact, they've won a number of awards. Um, in fact, our inspection department just this year again, two years in a row, uh, from the work that they do have, have been awarded by the state. Our folks in the in water and in our, in our um, wastewater plant have won statewide um, awards in, for what they do. All of our folks, I am so honored to be able to come in every day and to work with the professionals that we have. Uh, I can't tell you enough of how important they are. I can see a lot of their faces in here in the, in the virtual aspect in this room, um, but they are folks that are working on your behalf every single day, uh, and they're doing things differently. Um, we're all doing things differently. As I talk about reducing um, our, our workforce through attrition in the area of a hiring freeze. We're also moving people around in areas when we shutter a building, uh, we're moving people into different roles and different jobs. Um, in fact, uh, one of the areas is, uh, you know, in fact, I'll be doing this myself actually. Uh, I'll be mowing a park later this week. Um, and um, this is something, something I had a little bit of experience with. When I was, uh, when I was growing up, my, my family owned a a, a, or a lawn mowing business. I spent a lot of time in cemeteries, mowing cemeteries. So I, I've done that in the past. And then I worked for the, uh, when I was growing up uh, as, a, as a kid, I, I worked for the Litchfield uh, Parks Department. So I did a lot of mowing there also. And then when I joined the Air Force, and this is something that was a little odd, uh, and during basic training, I remember myself and a couple of folks, uh, we, had to, we had to mow an area um, around the, around the uh, uh, the, the barracks, and uh, so the couple of us were got in line. In fact, I remember my 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 uh, TI saying, "Okay, airman, 
airmen, start your mowers. So I've actually even had direction professionally from a military aspect. Uh, but I'll be mowing a, mowing a park and doing some other things because our folks are, that are working for, on your behalf are doing things different. It's for all of us to step forward and do some things differently. We set priorities. We set priorities uh, through uh, your priorities. This is what we get through communication on a regular basis. Um, but we also did a survey. We sent out a survey. In fact, it was last year at this state of the city, I gave the results of that survey. Uh, we sent that survey out and you know, just two weeks ago, I actually got one survey back. We got a lot of surveys back last year, but uh, somebody sent one back a year later never too late to give your input. So we appreciate that, that was added to, in, into the total. Um, but we survey, we set priorities. We set priorities that you give us. Public safety, roads, traffic. These are, and it's an important aspect, not only the priorities that you give us, but it's so important that we understand what our roles are, what the role of a city is versus what the role of a state is, or what the role of the federal government is, or the private sector, or nonprofits. Um, we all have different roles and responsibilities. I believe strongly that as a city, we focus on what those basic priorities are, the priorities that you tell us are priorities, and what basically are priorities of cities on, on, in almost any case, and that is your public safety, your infrastructure. That's what we focus on. I often get calls about, um, other aspects of, of government, whether it's state or whether it's responsibility of the federal government. Um, you know, and that's the challenge. Often lines, some of these lines are blurred, but if people stay within, uh, in their lane and stay in their role, it's much more efficient for you and we're actually much more efficient as a city because we're focusing on your priorities of what a city does, your priorities of what the city of St. Cloud does. We, we surveyed, we came to those three priorities. One of them, of course, is public safety is our top priority. Top public safety, and that's no different when it comes to all aspects of public safety. We focus on that is our priority. It is something even during our budget challenges, we will not compromise on public safety. When it comes to police and fire and inspections, when it comes to the safety of your water, um, those are things that we will not compromise. We move things around and we reprioritize the budget, but public safety is important. And we've shown results. I showed this exact same slide last year. It shows uh, oftentimes you look at things anecdotal and, but not through, a, if you look at over a period of time, crime rates uh, in St. Cloud, this is from 2008 to 2018. If you look at part one and part two crimes, over that period of time, a 19% reduction in that point in time from 2008 to the point in time in 2018. Uh, and the numbers that we just received actually from 19, we just received uh, recently, and that trend is still down in part one and part two crimes. And as we're going through the coronavirus and COVID-19, uh, what the chief tells me uh, that we're still, we're, we're flat uh, in this period of time. I know this is a time of, uh, of challenging times and, and tension, but we're flat as, we, as it relates to our public safety at, at this time. Road projects, road projects, you told us in the top three issues, it's roads um, and it's traffic. Um, roads, uh, we prioritize, we put significant amount of dollars into roads, we put, we, we prioritize a couple of big projects. You see the stop light up there, you see red. Um, we had planned on some traffic reduction uh, items to give to you as voters in the fall, and you decide uh, whether you wanted to increase or use the half cent sales tax to fund specifically for projects. Uh, we've shelved that uh, this year, but on top of all the burden that people are experiencing right now, it would not make sense to add to that burden 
this year. Uh, that will be something that we'll have that opportunity. You'll have an opportunity as a community to make the decision whether that is something that you want to go forward. This year, not. Uh, we're taking that off the ballot, so that's on the on the red. The yellow, uh, actually, I'll go. To, I'll flip down to the green. The aspect of filling potholes. We're still filling potholes. It's a challenging pothole year, but we're still. Our folks are still out there. We're doing things a little differently as far as crews, uh, wanting to make sure that if one person in the crew gets, um, you know, as ends up getting ill, that we don't have an entire crew out. So we're doing things differently. We're still filling the potholes. 33rd Street. I mentioned this a week or so ago. Uh, these projects were very careful to not, as I said before, we froze those major spending projects unless we can do them without borrowing and we can find creative ways to do that. 33rd, we were able to do without issuing bonds or without borrowing for that project using sales tax from last year, using municipal state aid from last year. Uh, and the bids came in, uh, you know, very favorable, over $400,000 less than we expected. 25th, that's in yellow, but we're gonna move that, uh, probably different than the way the lights would switch to, but we, we're moving it now. In fact, I'll be recommending to the council to approve the bids and to go forward on that 25th Avenue neighborhood project. That's a critical project for us that has a very old sewer system that could fail uh, in the next few years. Uh, that is a piece of infrastructure that will actually end up costing us more if we don't do that right now. The bids there also came in favorable. Uh, we have, we can do that without borrowing. We can do that with some, a number of the dollars set aside from last year also with sales tax and municipal state aid, plus a partnership. Uh, uh, the city of Sartell it was on that same sewer line is putting significant dollars into that project. So we will go forward uh, with that project. Public information summits, um, these are, uh, it's very important that we, we not only have, we take input on all of these issues, uh, we have a public information summit. We actually were able to do that before COVID-19. Um, so we were able to uh, have that since then, um, our transportation and our neighborhoods and our sustainability summits, we're still gonna have them. We're just gonna be doing them virtual. In fact, I do a COVID-19 briefing every single day at 310 in the afternoon. Uh, and I bring in folks from our, that work for the city. I bring in some of our partners. Um, we're gonna transfer that when the stay at home order is lifted, we're gonna transfer that into these types of information on a weekly basis. And then when we can meet again, uh, we'll, we'll continue with the summits, but we're gonna transfer that daily 310 briefing into an opportunity to talk about items that the city is doing that is important to you. Public engagement and ways to engage. Uh, this to me is one of the most important things that, that we do, and that is the aspect of empowering the public and getting your information. We can't possibly uh, have all of the experiences that everyone in this community has. Uh, so we need to, in order for us to make the right decisions, we need to engage you. And, we, and, and that changes, that changes on a regular basis. When I first started, this was always in person. Um, you know, and this is 15 years ago. If you look at over that period of time, uh, we had email back then and we certainly had phone, um, but we didn't have Twitter and, and Facebook and, and podcasts. Some of the things that we now use for the same ability to get input, but also to have information shared. Uh, I've done a number of things. In fact, I've done the um, um, uh, town halls, but I've also uh, done uh, dinner, uh, dinner with, I call it dinner with strangers or dinner with the mayor where, I, where folks can sign up and um, I'll cook them dinner. I've done this now for about three years. Uh, I had some suggestions actually from my office to do, to expand upon that, to uh, quarantine with the mayor, but I don't think that by any means meets the CDC guidelines. So uh, we've rejected that idea, but we're doing things in a lot of different ways uh, and including 
Town halls, I've been doing town halls. Uh, in fact, that, I promised before I was, became mayor that that was something I would do every single week. Uh, and I have done town hall meetings. In fact, um, town halls, 748 of them. The last three actually were done virtual as, the, as we have the stay at home order. So those will be done differently. In fact, um, as, we, as, we live, as the stay at home order is lifted, uh, we're gonna do things a little differently. We're gonna have a new type of town hall meeting so I can catch back up to the, the number, but also give you the opportunity to meet in person. Uh, we're gonna go to a, a excuse me, oh, and I, sorry, I'm going into technology. We're gonna go to a new type of town hall meeting, uh, which is gonna be a curbside town hall meeting. You pick the time, you pick the place, the public place, uh, call our office and we'll actually come to you. Uh, we can, we can it, it, adhere to the social distancing guidelines, uh, but we'll do curbside town hall meetings and we'll do a number of them. In fact, in the, later in June or the, in July, I'm gonna, I wanna have one every single day so we have an opportunity to come to you uh, so that you can uh, relay to me the issues, the concerns, the priorities that you have for the community. Paramount Theater, um, you know, this, we, I, I'm a huge fan of history and you've, in all of these presentations, you're gonna see even more of history. I also, it's important to mark certain occasions. One of those occasions is uh, next year, 2021, will be the 100th anniversary of the Paramount Theater, a place uh, in our community that uh, for years has, has entertained uh, from, from, from way back to the, the vaudeville and, and movies and uh, uh, to theater to live uh, performances. Uh, it has really been a treasure in our community. Next year, uh, it will be the 100th anniversary of the Paramount Theater. Uh, what better way and it, it, to bring in that celebration? This was actually planned before COVID-19, uh, the celebration. We wanted to kick it off on New Year's Eve with the fireworks. Uh, we've done that at Lake George in the past. Um, we were going to do that to kick this off, the 100th anniversary of the Paramount. But uh, and in fact, it's still a good idea to do, not only to kick off the, that year that we're going into, but it would also be a, an opportunity to have fireworks to, uh, is in a, in a, to kind of mark the aspect of the end of a very difficult year with the coronavirus and COVID-19. Uh, so look for more information on that. We can, it'll be outside. You could probably just pull up your car uh, and in the winter uh, have an opportunity to, uh, to go to a fireworks at the end of the year on New Year's Eve in, in honor of the Paramount and of course in honor of all of the, the challenges we've had this year. History tours, I do history tours uh, on a regular basis. I do these every summer. I look forward to them. We have, we, we have a lot of folks that sign up. Uh, in fact, we normally have a waiting list. Uh, it's a little challenging to do this type of uh, history tour with a trolley um, during uh, the uh, during the social um, distancing guidelines. And so we're doing a little differently. Normally I get in a trolley, we drive around St. Cloud, we look at areas that are there today and then I, I tell the story about what used to be there, the history of our community of over 164 years. Um, different, we're gonna do these tours now in a virtual way where we'll have them streaming on our website. We'll also pick different categories, but we'll actually, rather than you us driving around and looking at what something looks like today, I'm gonna to have an opportunity to show you what it looked like um, over that last 164 years, thanks to the Stearns History Museum, who's been a tremendous partner, plus the number of, of folks who have, uh, have written the, the history of our community. We're gonna be doing this. It's so important that we, we not only remember our history, but we share that history with the next generation and remind us of the, from the generations that have lived a, number, a lot of that history what our history is as a community. 
uh, we've marked over the years, and I've used this opportunity to mark different, uh, different ways that we have marked our history in our community from, from the signs along the Beaver Island Trail to, to uh, markers to the, the renovation of the Lincoln Plaza, moving it, uh, to the creation of Butler Park, which by the way is just celebrating its third year anniversary, uh, to the uh, markers uh, denoting uh, the Dakota and the Anishinaabe along the Mississippi River, uh, to our, our International Plaza, uh, to the, the, the time capsules that we have placed throughout the community. Uh, we're continuing that, if you recall last year, um, I talked about the Pioneer Cabin. This is a cabin that stood up by the History Museum. Uh, the cabin um, would have dated back to 1855, but as we, were, as we had some folks that um, analyzed it, um, it was actually the, really not much of the original structure. It's been moved a few times over the years. Um, we're, we, we did save all the wood, and we did save that, and we're gonna try to put it back, and as I mentioned last year, in fact, last year, we, we had some funding as we did the economic development around Costco. We put some funding, so we have the funding uh, for the a new cabin that will actually be, uh, it'll tell the story of this, uh, this building, which one time housed the, the first police station, the first jail, the first hotel, the first clerk's office, uh, Barney Overbeck, who was the first constable, um, in, in St. Cloud. It has a lot of history. We want to tell that history. We're going to put it back uh, where it used to be over on the Riverside Park. Uh, we'll do that this summer with funds that we appropriated from last year. Um, and we actually already have the structure. And you'll see that uh, coming up here um, in June and July. Parks, uh, as part of that same uh, process with that economic development, of course, you know the, the Skate Plaza was rebuilt. In fact, that'll open this summer. That's some of the funds that were utilized that will open up uh, sometime uh, in June or July. Uh, we also bought a, an additional parkland, especially around Frederick Park and Talahi Woods, thanks to our partnership with St. Cloud State University. Um, we have a significant amount of parkland in our community. And isn't it wonderful to have when you're, when you're looking at a situation that we are right now, I can't tell you how many times I've been out uh, walking on the trails in our 96 parks or 1,600 acres of parkland throughout our community. In fact, I ran into a gentleman on the trail uh, uh, a week ago from a, from a good social distance, but I talked to him, he said that, you know, Mayor, when you did the expansion of the trail uh, by the river's edge, I was very much against it, uh, but I was wrong. I changed my mind because he's been out walking with his wife on a regular basis along that trail. Uh, 96 parks, 1,600 acres of parkland, uh, it, is a, it is a tremendous asset for our community. It's one of the things that really most people in the community love to see, in fact. And it's because of the, the work that a lot of people have done over the years to make it so. Um, two months ago today, uh, we lost somebody who's been a strong advocate from our park system and our natural resources, and that's Lowell Olson. Lowell Olson was somebody who was a teacher for a long time in our community at both North and Apollo somebody who has cared deeply about uh, our natural resources and somebody I've had a, the, the honor to know and to work with. And he was at one time the president of the Natural Parks and, and Trails Coalition. Uh, he passed away two months ago today. Uh, we had just talked weeks prior to that about putting, looking at the utilization of some of our parks by putting them, some of the natural areas, environmentally sensitive areas, in a trust. Uh, that, in, in his memory, uh, we're going to hopefully move, uh, we're going to move forward with, and hopefully the council uh, will agree as we move forward, as we get out of COVID-19, some of the parks we already own, uh, but to protect them going into the future, um, in his memory, it, it's, it's, it's such a uh, blessing for us to have all of the natural beauty 
in all of the aspects of our park. The aspect of, uh, of that nature, um, you know, is our issues, our energy and sustainability initiatives. You know, we have focused on clean air, clean water, uh, protecting our environment, but also uh, through the utilization of uh, sustainability initiatives, we've also protected your wallet. Uh, we've we've reduced, the, reduced the cost to you. Uh, in fact, and we've set some really lofty goals. We've been nationally recognized for this, not only at the LibCom Awards I talked about before. Uh, we had a group of uh, I, I, uh, folks um, a few months ago, actually two months ago, right before COVID-19 also, from Germany that came all the way here because uh, they've heard of St. Cloud and some of our sustainability efforts, in particular as it, re as it relates to renewables. In, in 2014, we were at 0% renewables with the exception of hydro, which is a renewable, but 0% other than hydro, we had a goal to increase that by 80% from 2014 to 2018. We actually exceeded that goal by 2018 from zero to 18. If you factor in actually hydro, we're at 266% renewable. We actually produce more energy and then sell it back to the grid than we utilize. Think about what that meant to you as taxpayers and as those who use our water and our sewer. Um, the energy reduction that we used to pay directly, we're actually saving now because of that. We're saving our water, our air, uh, the environmental aspect of it. We're also saving you tax dollars by doing this. In fact, we just renewed on uh, last week the our hydro agreement with Excel uh, going out to the next 20 years. The last time we negotiated and did that was actually in 1986 uh, while I was at, uh, in college. Um, we're moving that forward and we're doing it. Those dollars that we receive through this energy, through these in in initiatives actually reduce the burden on your property tax. So it's something we're very proud of and we're moving forward with. Major initiatives also that I talked about at last year's State of the City, and we've actually won the airport regional authority. This is something that we've been talking about for a long, long time. Uh, we're finally at the point where it's been approved by all three counties, Stearns, Benton, and Sherburne, and the city of St. Cloud. We got a June meeting set. Um, it's been a little bit on hold, uh, but we're moving forward, um, and a committee will be formed to create a regional authority. 41 years ago, it was the St. Cloud Regional Airport, but never really regional. It was, it was actually the municipal airport. We're now moving it to what regional airports. So, uh, so when we have this opportunity to fly again, uh, it will be strong and vibrant, and it'll be, another, it'll be one of those modes of transportation that uh, we all rely upon in our community. Tech, uh, the old tech, obviously the new tech was built. Uh, we, we had plans, uh, we have plans actually to move forward uh, with City Hall. Um, those plans, the plans are complete. Um, as I said before, major spending is on hold. We bid those out, the bids are out. We'll get the bids later this month. Uh, before we go forward with anything that involves major spending, we wanna make sure that we're able to do it. Um, so until we see the bids, potentially similar to what we saw with the road projects on 33rd and 25th, the bids came in great. We were able to do it without borrowing. We're looking at not only help here and seeing what will happen potentially with our federal folks, uh, but also to move forward. It's something that the neighborhood wants. I remember this discussion about uh, tech before there was a referendum and the new school was built. Um, something that I, uh, you know, for all those years, didn't, didn't support. But this is something that really came from that grassroots effort. Uh, we had a, a plan. Uh, we looked at the best utilization through the neighborhood and through the community. It, it originally to the top came housing. Uh, number two was the aspect of a, a government facility such as City Hall, and that was actually during the plans. The housing piece didn't pan out, um, but 
the, the city hall piece was what the neighborhood wanted. This is an aspect of what the community wants to see us do. This is a, this is a historic building. Uh, it was a high school for, for, um, for a very long time, all the way back to, to 1917. Um, and we're, it's, it's on hold until we see the bids and then we'll have an opportunity but with the council to make a decision later this month depending on, on how the bids come in and other, other opportunities and depending on what we may have from our federal folks as we go forward. You know, speaking of, of our schools, um, we have a tremendous, this is, a, this is a, something that I always look forward to at these State of the City addresses, and that's highlighting all of the folks that are, that are doing things in our community, and particularly our colleges and universities and our high schools. There are a number of folks that have, you know, and a lot of them, they got to the point, but because of COVID-19, some of these things ended. The tech math team are state champions. The tech, tech dance team was state champions. Tech robotics team, state qualified. Tech uh, HOSA uh, team nationals. These are future health uh, professionals. Uh, really need those folks now. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at, uh, you know, um, Vin Wynn uh, got a perfect ACT score. Uh, Apollo boys uh, basketball team, state bound. Uh, North uh, robotics team were in the nationals. Uh, Cathedral hockey in 19, uh, 2019 state champs and they returned uh, to state in 2020. Uh, St. Cloud State University, SESU women's volleyball nationals, SESU women's basketball championship, SESU women's swimming and diving, NCAA bound. Uh, and the SESU wrestling NCAA champions. Of course, I've always had the wrestling team come to, I think, to all of these state of the cities because they're always champions and uh, they've been to a lot of them. I got a few of them in the crowd here, actually, in a virtual way. Um, the S, the St. Cloud Technical Community College basketball regional champions. Um, you know, there's tremendous stories that are happening. And in fact, uh, 742, they have uh, you know, videos that they do. I am uh, 742. Um, uh, um, they have, if you look at those, I just saw one this morning uh, from a young, a young woman uh, who talking about her, you know, her, her senior year being on the city council. Um, and, um, you know, this is uh, um, a, a person who really is excelling. These are the future of our, our community. If you go to IM 742, you can see videos of folks that are in our school system that are actually doing something, they're achieving things now, and boy, are they gonna be achieving things in the future for our community, for our state, for our nation. Um, so congratulations to all of them. You know, the aspect of uh, high school and college, one of the challenging aspects, especially uh, with what's happening now, and that is the aspect of, um, you know, one of the most important milestones in one's life is the aspect of the graduation, your high school graduation, your college graduation. Um, you know, this is tough. This is really tough on these students that uh, I don't think there's anybody who has, you know, I, I recall very, uh, very vividly my high school graduation, my, my uh, actually the, the graduation from basic training uh, when, uh, in the Air Force, and also I recall uh, that college graduation, the first in my family to graduate from St. Cloud State University. I recall those times in our life, and this is so challenging and, and, and difficult, uh, for students um, going through this. I know there have been a lot of outpouring of they're going to try to do some things. I know 742 um, is going to try to do something different with graduation. I know um, Cathedral. I know the university now has postponed the commencement until um, August. St. Cloud Technical Community College doing things in a different way. Um, I will 
You know, I, I, I look forward usually to the commencement at St. Cloud State University because I always give a message and I always quote, I, I quote Dwight Schrute, who by the way is in the crowd here somewhere, Dwight Schrute from the office. Um, and I quote, I use this, it's a great quote um, for, a, for, a, for education, especially for a graduation. Uh, Dwight uh, used to have a saying that, you know, uh, before I make any major decisions in my, my life, I ask myself this question, would an idiot do that? And if the answer is yes, I don't do that. Really great. I, I use that same line uh, with the, at St. Cloud State's commencement, and it's some probably good to, good to, um, good advice moving forward. But it's tough. Uh, it's really tough that the fact that the, the graduation is postponed. Um, so you know, and I know there's a lot of people on the internet that are putting their graduation photos. I didn't put it on on Facebook or anything, but I did put it here. Um, this is is my graduation photo um, in. 1982, um, you know, and I, I think back and I, I didn't post it, but I, I thinking about that period of time in my life when I graduated, one of the things that's not only marking that point, but uh, for me, I grew up in a small town, not too far from here, but less than an hour away in Litchfield. And uh, when I graduated, and I grew up through most all those years really not traveling. My first trip, I think, was my senior year, which would have been a lot for a lot of folks, the senior trip this year, went to Germany, the first time I've ever been on a plane. I had an opportunity to do that. Uh, and that sparked an interest in travel for me that has gone uh, all the way up until now where I've, I've had the, the good fortune to be able to go to 116 countries around the world in every state in the United States. That is about experience and that aspect of experiences, I know this generation is all about experiences. Um, that's an important aspect of things and that is, you know, seeing the world, um, you know, and with the challenges that we have, I wanted to at least help in, 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 a, in a small way um, I'm, I'm putting together, in fact, uh, any student in, in high school in St. Cloud, um, put a little short, uh, little essay together about how you, and I know this is what I love about this community, you've got a lot of young people that are, that are helping others, uh, even in they're in a challenging year. Uh, put a little essay together. You can do this written or you can do this by video about what you're doing to help your community during the coronavirus or COVID-19. Submit that, uh, everyone who submits, uh, will be judging them and giving out prizes, but the grand prize uh, will be a trip anywhere in the United States, and it doesn't have to be this year, within the next, within the next few years when we can fly again. Uh, this trip will be paid for by me. Um, I've had to cancel a few trips, so I've got some credits in the airline area, so uh, I, will, I will fly you anywhere in the United States so that you can begin that, that quest for that experience and that connection with the community um, by just submitting an essay in either written form or in a video, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll have more information on our website as we move forward. Speaking of the celebrations, um, Granite City Days is something I look forward to every year also. Granite City Days, by the way, is not canceled. Granite City Days is postponed and reinvented. In fact, I'm gonna announce some of the things we're reinventing. Uh, we are still going to have a parade, but this will be a parade on demand. Um, we'll probably have no more than 10 units and they'll be socially distanced and spread out. Uh, but what we'll do is we're gonna have something on the website and you can call uh, and we'll bring a parade to you. Uh, we'll, no more than 10 units, and we'll, we'll make sure if it's a band, there's probably only three people playing some instruments. Uh, we'll have, we'll have, of course, have a police vehicle, maybe a fire truck in a, in a nice spaced out way, uh, but we want to bring a parade to your neighborhood. Uh, so instead of having one parade for the whole community, we'll have lots of them during the month of July and August uh, in small, um, very um, social distance and being very health conscious, a COVID-19 compliant parades on, com on demand. 
Um, that's one aspect. We also, we get together, usually have concerts. I've seen lots of concerts and there's some tremendous talent in our community that has been done in a virtual way. We're gonna have some of those, we're gonna have a virtual con concert and we've also done a singing contest in the past. Well, we're gonna do that in a virtual way also. You can submit your video uh, of a song. We'll have two categories, original song, write something about St. Cloud, and we'll have also any type of cover um, that you wanna do. Um, that information, look for this information the next few weeks on our Granite City Days. Um, so we're gonna do that type of contest. Uh, we're also gonna do something a little different. You, you have a lot of folks that are spending a lot of time at home and they're spending a lot of time on their yard and their landscaping. Um, why not have something different? We're gonna have a contest for any home in St. Cloud, um, send some photos, submit your property, um, whether it's a landscaping project or just the beautification, maybe you're doing something on the side of your house, um, submit these. We're gonna have prizes on, on the best home, the best COVID-19, actually the best homes. We've got a lot of beautiful houses, but why not do something in a neighborhood aspect that you can do at home um, since you're spending a lot of time there. Um, we'll do that, uh, look for more information on that also. And then we, we, we normally have um, a fishing derby. Uh, we're gonna still have that too. You're just gonna have to take a picture of the fish and it might not be at Lake George. It could be on the Mississippi River or anywhere you're fishing. Uh, we're gonna do that for kids too. That'll be information on there. And then we always have an awards ceremony and that awards is an important aspect to highlight people that are doing great things in the community. We're going to do that again this year, but it'll be a home delivered award. Rather than coming together, uh, we're gonna select some folks that are doing amazing things and we're gonna deliver those awards, those, those rock on awards directly to your home um, in the future. So this, these are the aspects of what we're gonna do in, in the way of celebrating. We look for some more, we got some great creative people on our committee, but we're gonna do something else. One of the aspects I think that's extremely important, we give out these rock on awards, but there are people that have done so many things for our community over its 164 years or over its last five years, 10 years, 20 years. A lot of folks that you, another generation may not have heard of. We're creating, and this was pre-COVID-19, uh, but we're, still, we're gonna do it and, and hopefully we'll have a place to mark these legacy awards. These are people that have contributed to the vitality and our community over the years. And uh, I'm announcing two, the first two winners of our legacy awards will be Mary T. Howard and Joanne Benson. Two women who were pioneers in the, and Mary T. Howard, who was the first, uh, she was the uh, president of the uh, uh, school board. Uh, she was the uh, first African-American woman who, to be on the school board. She was somebody who started the NAACP. She, she was the one that started it a number of years ago. Uh, she has been a tremendous community member and volunteer and an elected official as a public servant. Um, she is one of the recipients. And Joanne Benson, who uh, was a state senator, was lieutenant governor from our area. These, she, you know, also a volunteer. In fact, she, I, I keep, I tell the story. I, I pick up garbage today um, often because of her. She used to tell me that she would, she would, every time, every day, she would pick up at least three pieces of garbage. When I was a college student, I was probably the one responsible for the three pieces. But, um, I, so I do the same thing now because of her. These are two uh, remarkable women who have served our community. They are the first recipients of the Granite City Days Legacy Award. I do an annual challenge here also, and this challenge is something that I have done each year. Uh, the folks that are, are listed here, um, 
uh, Jay Caldwell, Dan Oxner, uh, John Bodette, and then Lisa Schwartz um, as John retired. I keep him in the challenge because he's the only one that actually paid up on his debt. He mowed my lawn uh, one year. Um, so we're going to do a challenge this year, too, in the month of, uh, in the month of June. Uh, anything that you've improved on, whether that's walking, biking, cleaning your yard, or for, you know, if you want to just sit on your couch, if you've improved in that over the last year, uh, that would be fine. It's the annual challenge that we do every year. Uh, the losers um, will, or the, the non-winners, uh, will together mow a park, a park in this community. In fact, um, I think it's a great idea for anybody who wants to mow a park. In fact, we created a program called Adopt a Park. If you, as an individual or an organization, want to adopt a park in your neighborhood or adopt a park uh, to mow, um, or if you, you know, if you've, if you got some folks um, in your house, I know if I, when I was a kid, um, my, my, my dad probably would have punished me and said, you're going to adopt the park across the street um, to do that. So we'll, this gives you an opportunity. We'll have more information on our website to select that. This not only helps you out from a tax perspective, but also helps out a very challenged um, uh, resources. And that's, of course, we're going to continue to mow and maintain our parks, but this helps us do that. And I know people will do that because I know in this community there are tremendous people who are, who are caring and, and love this community and this is one of the things i love about this community in fact i was recently uh, i was recently um, on a trip in january i was in chula vista visiting my sister and my brother-in-law uh, and I, I i walk in fact, in fact uh, not as much as i walk now sometimes i think i i walk i've walked at least four marathons in the last uh, several weeks uh, in a daily basis but i walk a lot i was walking from chula vista into san diego on this old road and i came across um, this sign it says, welcome to San Diego, a city worthy of our affection. You know, and I've been thinking about that sign. I took a picture at that time. I thought, you know, what, a, what, a, what an interesting uh, motto, but it's something that, you know, worthy, a city worthy of our affection. When you think about that aspect of, you know, a city worthy of our affection, your family, your neighborhood, your, your friends, your community, the aspect of a city worthy of our affection um, is something, you know, St. Cloud is worthy of our affection. St. Cloud is worthy of our affection. And, you know, these are, these are challenging times, um, but this is a community that, that's, that comes together. This is a community that over the years has been um, recognized at a state level, a community level, at a national level. You know, we've been through difficult times. Uh, we have rose to the occasion uh, during all of those times. We're a community uh, that works together in tough times, works together. Um, you know, this is something I have seen uh, so many times over the last couple of months, after the last 15 years, but clearly over the last few months, People in this situation, in these tough times, when, they're, when, they're, when their business uh, is closed, when their, their job may not exist, when they're having a challenge uh, in the area of, of, with their family and they're having challenges in general, um, they're still, I get people who are, are asking, what can I do to help when I know they're affected themselves? I have talked to more people in the last two months than I think I've talked to in the last two years um, in hearing those stories. It's a challenging time. You know, this is an aspect of, of you know, uh, as a pandemic, uh, the effects not only from, uh, from a health aspect, 
uh, but also the effects that are on our economy and our businesses. Uh, this is challenging. Uh, as, we, as, we, as we continue as a community, the important aspect is to, is to understand that people, um, you can never understand where somebody is coming from, but you know, you know, the aspect of being kind, being compassionate, being caring as a community is so important. Things that we, we learned you know, growing up, that we learned in our, in our family, in our, in our church, and we learned in our, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our workplace, these are things that are instilled upon us. Um, there, there are no guidelines that can replace the aspect of what we ourselves each know, that individual responsibility of the folks that we, uh, that we need to and we have cared for in our community, the folks that need uh, that affection, our city. You are St. Cloud. You are our city. Uh, this is a community that I love. This is a community that I have, I know uh, through the aspects of history has faced challenges and has risen to, risen to the occasion. I know this COVID-19 coronavirus, the challenges around it, this will end. And we will be stronger as a community. We will be stronger and more prepared as we move forward. Uh, I want to show a little bit as I end here, a little video, a video I'm going to close and, and just a little short video of St. Cloud. St. Cloud, pre-COVID-19, the aspect of something we look forward to connecting again with. Uh, this is our city. Uh, St. Cloud, the state of the city of St. Cloud is incredible because of the incredible people that live here. Thank you. Stay well, stay healthy, and God bless you.